Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org. Any doctor that's Jesus plus anything is of the devil. There's no Jesus plus anything, it's Jesus and him alone. They will seek to diminish what Jesus already finished. When he said it's finished, it's done. This guy's going to mop it up. And it's taken us 2,000 years because we've not understood it. 1 John 3, 8, it says this, Whosoever practices sin is of the devil, for sin has been, for he has, the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the power of sin, and in doing so, he destroys the works of the devil. Sin is the grave that Satan keeps people in. We're bound in, in a grave of sin, like Josh was saying, I was bound by all these things. Come on. But I love what Ephesians 2, 1 tells us. And you were dead in your trespasses and sins were which you once walked in following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now that's working the sons of disobedience. And Paul says, but because of God's great love for us, while we were sinners, while we were there, God sends Jesus. And Jesus gives a clue what he's about to do when he's going to the cross. You got to understand that from John 11 on, <laughs> it's like, the last few hours of Jesus. Half the book is devoted to the almost the last day of Jesus on the uh, before he he's taken, and he says this in John twelve thirty one. Now is the judgment of the world. He's about to go to the cross. He says, "Now the ruler of the world will be cast out." Whoa! So what do you mean? What happened? Colossians two thirteen through fifteen paints a picture of what Jesus actually does on the cross to the powers of darkness. Come on, through the, re- through, the, through the death and resurrection of Jesus, when we were dead in our sins and in uncircumcised in our flesh, God made you alive in Christ. It sounds a lot like second, the Ephesians 2, I should say, right? It's almost the same language. He made us alive in Christ. He forgave us sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness because we, were, we had a debt of sin that Jesus says stood against us and condemned us. And he has taken it away, and he nailed it to the cross. Having disarmed the powers and authority, he made a public spectacle over them, triumphing them over them, over the cross. Now, this word power and authority is the same power and authority that Ephesians 6 is talking about. The same things we've been speaking about. And what Jesus does here is that he removes the authority of hell to keep the sons of God bound. That's why God was saying freedom. You don't have to carry that stuff. Condemnation is not from the Lord. Come on. Shame is not from God. You don't have to carry these things because I set you free. Now, they come to They try to get us to say okay to that stuff. But what Jesus did is he disarms. That, that word in the Greek, I'm not going to pronounce it because I, I tried several times practicing. I couldn't do it. <clears throat> I'm going to have to have a Greek person get up here and say it. Okay, but that means maybe, yeah, she can do it right there. We have Greeks here. That's so awesome. So God disarms, and this word means to divest, to strip, or to spoil. The picture here is like an army officer being stripped of its rank. Being stripped of its rank. And God removes the rank of authority over men. Well, what about their power? What about the power to deceive? What about the power to, to bring affliction and sickness? What about that power? Well, he leaves it in place, but he does something really, really awesome. 
He, he does something. The very creation that was once subjugated to those powers, the very creation that was once subjugated to be through the affliction, he gives them who become the sons of God authority over all that power. Come on. You should be happy about that. You should be happy about that because we're trying to train you and teach you how to start to use the authority that God has given you so you do not have to stay bound so you can join and jump in and see a city be set free. So he gave them all authority. Luke 10 tells us that. But we have been given all authority in the context of us doing all the works of Jesus because when he sends them out, and they go out and, and they, they, they cast out devils and they come back and they're like, wow, even the demons had to obey. And he says, I saw Satan fall like lightning. Why? Because they were doing the works of Jesus. Come on. And he says to them, behold, let's put that one up. Behold, I give you authority to tread the, over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Guys, whenever we do the works of Jesus, we bring deliverance. When we do the works of Jesus, we bring freedom. When we do the works of Jesus, we bring healing. Come on, because and we're all called to do the works of Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 14, 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. For greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. So every time I heal the sick, I disarm powers. Every time I preach good news to those who have not heard, I disarm the powers. Every time I, 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 I reach out to those that people would rather ignore, I, dis, I disarm those powers. That's what happened Wednesday night. And this is why we're told in Ephesians, this is the book written to the church, about the church, about the position of the church. Come on, after it's, it's told you all about who you are positioned in Christ, all about the, what, the, the, what the body is, the gifts that he gave to the body, the, the apostle, the prophets, all that stuff. He t- in the love of God, he then takes us to this place where he says, all right, now that you got this, you got a war. You got to wrestle against these incredible in- entities of hell. And there's four of them. There are rulers, there are authorities, there are cosmic powers, and there's spiritual wickedness. And remember what I said last time about wrestling. It's not like this nice Greco-Roman wrestling, like, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, okay, try to put you in a hold and hold you here. No, their wrestling was like gouging eyes out, breaking bones. It was a no-hold-bar fight. It was, it was like, you defeat this thing so it doesn't want to get back up and ever fight you again. Yeah. Remember what I... Uh, well, let's just go there right now. Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 10. Finally, all right, now that we've done all these things, we've talked about verses chapter 1 through 5, chapter 6. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. In other words, take courage in the fact of who you are, who Christ is in you and who you are in Christ, because in that you have power and then you have might. And so put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Because this battle is not fought with your own fight. Come on. This battle is not fought with your own fight. You fight against things that have so much power than you do. But because you are clothed in Christ. 
Come on, you have the helmet of salvation where the power of the blood of Jesus is renewing your mind. You have the breastplate of righteousness so your intentions of your heart are pure and the things that you do from that breastplate of righteousness are the right things because you are in right standing with God. When I'm in right standing, I don't have to prove anything. I can just do what's right because Christ is leading me. I got the belt of truth upon, upon my waist. Now, let me tell you something. You know what the weakest part of your body is this part right here. If there's, a, there's somebody... If there's somebody coming and he's got a machete and he's chopping the people and they're, they're jacked up on drugs, you can shoot him in the chest and he's going to keep on going, right? But if you shoot, shoot him in the pelvic, pelvic, this is called the pelvic, uh, yes. If you shoot him there, boom, they go down because it all comes crashing down. The belt of truth is for you, the parts that we feel the most vulnerable, the parts that we feel the most, the least, the least held together, the truth of God holds our lives together. It's not, it's not who the world says I am. It's who he says I am. Come on. It's not, it's not the works that I've done, but it's the works that he is doing in me and through me. Come on. And then I take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I'm able to slice and dice everything that the, the helmet of salvation has identified as the strongholds and, and uh, pretensions built up against the knowledge of God. And when I go out, man, dart, the devil will throw darts at you. That's just, that's just there. It's just going to happen. But what happens? You have a shield of faith that says, my God is greater. I stand in authority over all your power. Therefore, I will not back down. I will not resist. My shield of faith is able to quench every fiery dart of the enemy. So now you're suited up. Now you're ready to go. You don't need to take that, any of that stuff off. You can go to bed with it. Protect you on your dreams. You know, it's fine. It's a light armor. It's armor of light. It's not heavy. Okay? Now you're seated up, you can go against the real enemy, an enemy you're not commanded to love. You can hate this enemy. It's okay, because it's not made out of flesh and blood. Come on, you're supposed to utterly feed this enemy. So we, come on, verse 12, here we go. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Now we have walk through a couple of these. We've walked through what, what rulers are, which are the word there is arco, which we get the word architect, archetype, and what they, these things do, they rule over mindsets. They rule over philosophies and ideologies, whether they be political or religious or whatever things. They, they do the rule to what? To build Arguments against who God is. They build arguments and pretensions against the knowledge of Christ. They rule whole, the, the whole nations, whole, the world. Much of the Western world is being ruled by what? By those authorities and powers. They're over media and education and government. And they're putting the stuff out there all the time. They're just, you walk into the field. And I'm like, whoa, how come I feel like I don't want to do this anymore? Because you've walked into a field of an arco, we talked about we overcome them with a helmet of salvation where we begin to identify every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. Every thought that does not line up with who God says who you are, we are, the world is, is, the word of God, all these things, they line up and then we take the sword of the spirit to those things. Then the second thing we talked about last time, was, which is authorities, which is really the word principalities. And we went to the book of, of Daniel where we saw how these things work, that they're actually rule over nations and they rule over kings of nations. Those are spiritual forces over cities. And I said, the way we take out principalities is we take out the kings of cities. One city at a time. Because that's how war is won. 
wars are in, armies move in, and they start taking city by city, right? And so that's the call of the ecclesia, to go to churches, how they went to Ephesus, and from Ephesus, the gospel was brought to every other city, and they turned the world upside down. There's actually stories of principalities falling in, in Ephesus, temples crumbling to those, to those, to those, um, to those uh, things that were over those nations. Now, today I want to talk about the third one, which is cosmic powers of this dark age. I wanted to say that like, like an Aladdin, cosmic Anyways, I should have had the reverb on right then. Now, most translations uh, translate this as world powers. Uh, King James uh, puts them as, as uh, uh, world rulers and the uh, New American Standard Bible, which is probably, I think, the most accurate Bible uh, as far as translations go to the Greek. And in the Hebrew, they use the word world forces of darkness, which I really believe is very accurate. So who are they and what did they do? All right? Because you've been given authority over them. You, you have to know what you've been given authority over. You have to know how it functions and how it works. You can say, aha, there you are. We're coming for you. We'll be back. <laughs> so world rulers are not like authorities. They're not ruling over nations. They're ruling over whole entire people groups. They're ruling over whole entire re regions like Mesopotamia, Asia, Scandinavia, Okay, what do these people serve? The people of Mesopotamia, the people of, of, of Canaan, what do they serve? They serve gods, right? They serve these gods that they had created a whole story about. They serve these gods that they had some sort of interaction with and they worshiped the God. They made offerings to them. So they even sacrificed their children to them in order to have favor with these gods. And if you study human history, you're going to study something really weird. How these guys, these gods were all kind of connected. There was, there was nations that lived thousands of years apart from one another. Hundreds and thousands of miles apart from one another. And they had kind of the similar gods. What's up with that? Now they had different names and they had different mythology around them, but they had different gods. Now I want you to, to just kind of go with me in a story here. So before the flood, we have one people, one story. They all speak the same language. They're all, they're all connecting together. But then after the flood, they, they try to build the Babel, the Tower of Babel, and God disperses them all, gives them all different languages, and they, they just dispersed into the world, okay? And they've had this common history. They've had creation, they had the fall, and they had the flood. And if you look at all these ancient civilizations, they all have those stories. They all have those stories, but as they engage with these powers, come on, they begin to change the story to make sense of what they were experiencing, that must have been the God. And remember, the people of Israel actually made a golden calf, and they were not worshiping a golden calf. They called it Yahweh. Because they were just trying to make sense of what they were experiencing. That's what the ancient people did. You know, if, if you actually look at the Hindu mythology, you will see that there's, almost a, there's a father and son deity, Vishnu and Brahma, and Brahma makes the world. I want you to think about John first, the book of John 1. When it's speaking of Jesus, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. 
There it is, Father and Son. And the Word was God, and all things were made through him. Very similar. But because these cosmic powers actually inserted themselves into the story of creation, and they manifested themselves to people groups, things began to shift and change. And they became actual gods that they worship. They became cosmic rulers. Cosmic just means the world. Okay? And they manifested themselves to a people, people group because over and over again, you will see their stories that these things came down from heaven. Sometimes they came down in what they thought was chariots. All right? And, you know, atheists who don't want to believe in God and all that stuff, they just say, oh, those were the UFOs that came in. That's why. In fact, there's a whole, there's a whole theory of why these, these, all these cultures are related. It's because UFOs came and they taught them the stuff. And they, were, they, they created gods out of these men. No, sir. They were demons. They were powers of darkness. Remember, Elijah and Elijah are talking. And all of a sudden, there's a vehicle that comes right out of heaven. goes, boom. They, and what, they, what was that? That looked like a fiery chariot. We don't know what it was, but whatever we have here on earth, they got stuff on that realm. I'm just telling you. Okay, so over and over again, you see this interaction between these God and these men, these supposed God and these men. In fact, you see in the Greco-Roman where these gods came and they actually uh, had relationships with women and, and these mighty heroes were born. Right? You can think of, like, you know, Gomer's Iliad and all these things. Mighty Hughes were born. What does that sound like? How about Genesis chapter 6? Okay? Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterwards, when the sons of man, God, came to the daughters of men and bore children, and these were the mighty men of old. These were the men of renown. They had stories about how these guys would just take out all these, because they were giants. And it says afterwards... So that means that after the floods, they showed up again. And you see it in Numbers, you see it in the book of Joshua. And in fact, I don't have time to read it all. Numbers 13, 33, they are called the sons of Enoch. And there we saw, let's put that one up. There we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Enoch who came from the Nephilim. And we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. Which is a very interesting story. We seemed to ourselves, so they must see us as grasshoppers. And that's the problem with the church today. We see ourselves like grasshoppers. But we have no understanding of the clue of what we've been given in Christ Jesus. The power and the authority that he gives us over all those things. We are not grasshoppers. Oh, where am I? <laughs> if you look at Druid history, you see these Druids interacting with these gods. And these gods give them powers. And the druids were powerful. They were powerful magicians. They could heal and they could kill people from far away through these powers. If you, if you, if you look at Africa today, witch doctors are still practicing this stuff. They're getting powers. From these and these guys can do crazy stuff. They can disappear in thin air. They can turn themselves into animals. And I've seen it in Portland. I got a seminar you should come to talk and hear about that. Okay? Cosmic powers in Ephesians 2 are called the power of the air, the spirit that's now working in men. The early church battled with these things. They just, they knew what they were. So let me tell you a story. There was a, one of the early fathers of the church, his name is Clement. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Clement or Clement. 
Um, but he, he's walking through a village. He's going from village to village, sharing the gospel, right, as they did. And he gets to this village, and they're all closed. They said, no, sir, we, we don't want to hear about your God, because our God, our God is a bigger God, and our God will kill us if we turn away from, from them, because they're, they're a furious God. And he's like, but you don't understand. <laughs> he, they, they just would not listen to him. And they, they tried to stay, spend the night, but nobody would open their house to them. So he goes into the temple. Now you got to realize, they said, you can't go into that temple. You'll get killed if you go into that temple. We have mean gods. We have terrifying gods. He goes, uh-uh, I don't care. He goes to the temple. He says, he deals with what's boys, out of here. He sets, up, he sets up bed right on the altar, and he sleeps right on the altar all night long. Gets up the next day, leaves town. He's about... Uh, and right around noon, they all catch up. There's what happened to our gods? We went to the temple and they were not there. Can you bring them? And they said, well, because my God has more power and authority. He goes, but we want our gods back. He says, you can have your gods back. Boys, you can come back. They go walking. Two days later, they catch up and says, we realized you commanded our gods. Can you tell us about the God you serve? And that whole entire village and that whole entire region came to Jesus. That's how they won the world. They fought on both realms. But we don't get told those stories. Because we're in the Western church. Those things don't exist. That stuff is just like missionary stories from Africa. Whew. This war, guys, goes back a long ways. It goes back to Egypt and the deliverance that God brought to Israel because you know that in that deliverance, God dealt with all 10 Egyptians. God, and he disempowered. He made a public show and display that they could not reverse the curse. They could not reverse what God has done. And therefore, that was a, that was a foreshadow, if you will, of what Jesus did on the cross. Come on, even, even, even the... the the, the, the Passover, all these things were all foreshadows. In that process, God totally eliminates all their gods and makes them powerless. This is how we win our battles. And now, you have to understand, and now after the cross, it's been one of the, the heaviest. They've been deranked, right? But not disempowered. Still have the power because he says, no, you take care of the power the authority I've given you. You take care of the power. So Jesus says to his church, which is the government of God on the earth, that it's up to you to tear their reign. So wrestle with these things until these things yield and go. Because these things want one thing. The worship that belongs to God. That's really what they want. These are the ones that say, we want what Satan tried to get in heaven, but it couldn't. So we came to earth and we're going to make man bow down to us. We don't care what we look like. Did you know that Satanists actually call on Vishnu? They call on Thor? They call on all these other gods just to get power. Because we think that Satan is like, oh, hail Satan. That's not really what they do. In fact, what, that, part of their creed is do what thou wilt. So wherever you can get your power, go get it, baby. All right? That's, that's how, that's how they, they, they work. And these things are masters at keeping people blind. Blind. That's, they, they veil people. This is what 2 Corinthians 2, 4, 4, 4 is speaking about. In their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ in the image of Jesus. Now you can say, we're not a pagan nation, so we're okay here. It's like, oh boy. <laughs> you want to go on a trip with me? You want to go on a walking tour? 
how these things are working here, how there's people here, very powerful people in our city paying homage to Shiva, to Thor, to Kali. And like I said what, about the Satanists, you know, they, they, we, found, we found whole entire cults to the, to the Greek god Pan. There were, old town was full of pagan clubs. There was actually one called Barbadi's Pan. It was a pagan club until the sons of God showed up. Story, you got to come next month on the 27th. Okay. See, they, let, let me just share you a story how these things um, also have territory authority. So we shared a couple, uh, when we were talking about the Arcos, I shared about how there was an archetype over Portland that kept people blinded to the gospel, resistant revival, even when they saw the power of healing, when they, they received a powerful and accurate word of, of, like, like of uh, knowledge over their lives. They were going, that's amazing you guys got that power. Do you want to know Jesus? No. Until the Lord showed us what this thing was and how to take it out. And when we did, Boom! It began to change overnight. And we saw people saying, yes, we went back underneath the bridge. And then a man, Tim prays for a man. He gets out of his wheelchair and he tells the man, do you want to know the Jesus will set you free? He goes, why wouldn't I? It shifted almost overnight. Everywhere except for Portland State University. And we're like, years later, we're like, why do we bring teams for Bethel? And they go, they, they go to the food carts and people get saved. They go back on campus. Nobody gets saved. We're like, what? What's going on here? And then we found out Portland State Territory actually is not Portland. It belongs to the state of Oregon. And so we began to explore that. And we began to, 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 to just say, Lord, lead us. And we found altars to Baal and Asherah. Don't you tell me paganism is out here. <laughs> And the Lord showed us what to do. The next week, five people get saved. And it's been going that way from, from, from this point forward. So listen, we, we got what we call the transformation tour. We could take you where pagan clubs have been turned into gourmet restaurants, where, where witchcraft shops are now supply stores, where places where they traffic children and drugs have now become boutique hotels. And all of this was done by manifesting the works of Jesus. This is done by manifesting the works of Jesus and this, that destroys the works of the evil one. And you're going to learn how to do that all. Let's put it the slide at the seminar that's coming on October 24th and it's no if, what did I say that's October wow I'm clearly pushing that off uh, <laughs> April 24th it's going to be here and um, you'll hear a little bit more about that so cosmic powers are, are these uh, their main cause the main thing is to keep people in darkness drawing true worship to themselves and away from the Lord so they're over world religions. This is what we're talking about. They're over world religions. And they're over new age. And they're over shamanism. And I believe they're even over communism. Why? Because it's a religion that, of the state. It's a religion. And if you look at all the, the, the big places like, like China and Mao and North Korea and, and, the, and, the, and, Mr. and the whole Kim legacy there, right about, come on, they're just, they, they erect people that they almost worship. But do these things only affect the unbeliever? You guys are on it. <laughs> you're like, just on me, no. So I better not say yes. <laughs> because you're right. 
They don't, they don't just affect the unbeliever, they, bef- they affect the, the believer because they try to dim your light by accepting that there's something between you and Christ. That's what the Lord was even dealing with that today in our worship. That there's no separation. There's nothing that keeps us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. So any theology, any teaching that requires anything besides repentance and trust in the grace of God, that is those powers trying to veil you. Come on. It's a doctrine that manipulates, it's manipulated by, 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 by these things, things like Gnosticism, where it believes in some sort of esoteric power. That's how redemption really comes to us. You're not really, really saved until you have the knowledge of the esoteric power. Or how about the doctrines that it's Jesus plus? Any doctrine that's Jesus plus anything is of the devil. That's it. There's no Jesus plus anything, it's Jesus and him alone. Jesus and him alone. They will seek they will seek to diminish what Jesus already finished. Can I say that again? They will, see, they will seek to diminish what Jesus already finished. He, when he said he was finished, it's done. He says, guys, go, go mop it up. And it's taken us 2,000 years because we've not understood it. These cosmic powers also can attack a local church. Because they'll release spirits like the spirit of Jezebel to come in and corrupt the prophetic. Right? They, the, they comes in and it says now that prophetic is really understanding the deep mysteries that only a few people in the select little group can have. Okay? And it shuts down the true prophetic because the true prophetic carries the anointing. And everything we're talking about is just antichrist. Come on, it's anti-anointing. And they also will send in the spirit of mammoth so churches get caught up in, 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 in desiring greed or, or how, about, how about the Balaam spirit that perverts or the, or the Absalom spirit that, that, that betrays. And all these things are to weaken the body so that we begin to miss the mark. But I think there's a doctrine that really causes us to see a mark. And we don't see it as a doctrine, but it's become a, a culture. And that is the culture that it's about you. But you go to church and it's about you. You sing all songs about how Jesus has done things for you. And then the message is all about you, how you can have your breakthrough and your promotion and your this and your that. And it replaces you laying down your life. It replaces you humbling yourself and it says your will is okay because if God wakes up and says hey man get up go downtown I want you to prayer walk this place like I am not under any kind of works or anything right now I'm just going to stay in bed I'm free I'm free from all that stuff or, or <laughs> come on or God tells you to give you the last $20 to this person it's like ah oh, no I think I'm going to keep that yeah, I think I'm going to keep that. Oh, here's the big one. Ministry will give you a platform. No, sir. You're the platform for the Holy Spirit. You're the platform for the works of God. If you're, if you're trying to seek out that I want, to, I, want to, I, want to, I want to have this gift so that I can be on a platform so you can hear my voice, you're already under the deception of one of these powers. So how do we wrestle with them? Okay, let's, let's wrap it up. How do we do it? We do it by, yeah, we do what we do it. We go to the city, we prayer walk it, we serve, we demonstrate the kingdom and we reveal Jesus. And then that revelation of Jesus, young men like that go, whoa, hey, 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 come on. I see the light. 
We do it by just being in prayer and receiving strategies from heaven as the ecclesia of Jesus shows us to do. And we'll talk about the, how to do that in the workshop and how, do we, how God taught us these seven keys that, that brings transformation. But here's the biggest thing. It's just to reveal Jesus. That just that my life would reveal Jesus to that. I would manifest Jesus. Every time I manifest Jesus, I diminish the effects of a cosmic power. Every time I manifest Jesus' love to somebody, I, I, I diminish what this person believes about what love actually is. But we need to also defeat this works by personally taking on that breastplate of righteousness. By confessing, that's, that's the big one. By confessing. That is Jesus that has made me right. I don't need anything else besides him. But when I have him and I've been made right by him, I also can do that which is right. I'm called to do the works of righteousness. But I don't do it to gain favor. I don't do it to gain elevation. I do it because of who I am, not because of what I'm trying to be. Which is really a big difference. And these things have been in the church for a long time, trying to get people to work. Work. And because... I'm right with him because he's, he's revealed himself to me. It's not by my power, but it's not by my, but it's by the spirit of the Lord because the Holy Spirit was sent to do what? To reveal Jesus. So when I partner with the Holy Spirit and I say, I'm going to deny myself right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get myself away and I'm going to seek his face. What? Am I trying to work for something? No, I'm trying to have relationship. I'm trying to have, I'm trying to have closeness. I'm trying to have this bond that puts Christ in me, the hope of glory, where I actually know him, where I actually hear him, where actually he speaks through me and he walks and talks through my life. Where I yield myself to the will of heaven. Where it's not my will, but your will. Because every day we have that choice. Every opportunity to serve, we have that choice. Every opportunity to share the gospel, we have that choice. We have the choice all the time. If it's going to be our will or his will, I want them to come up. Finally, we defeat these things by worshiping, like Ty was saying, in spirit and truth. By saying, no we will give our God what he deserves. I will give him all my worship. But even more, I'm going to live a life of worship. I'm going to live a lay down life for the king. Not because I have to. Not because it'll gain me things. But because he's worthy. And when I do that, wow. When I do that, guys. Jesus is magnified. And as Jesus is magnified, Jesus is revealed. I want you to stand to your feet. This is a house that was raised to destroy the works of darkness. And so today I want you to close your eyes. If you feel there's still any separation between you and God, something has told you you're not doing enough, that God will only do more when you do more, in the sense of a work that's outside of trusting and obeying. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. Or you're not living a life of worship. The lay down, you realize, man, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm picking things up all the time and I'm, I'm putting God off and I'm, I'm, I'm not, not doing what he said I should be doing. Or maybe you've been seeking a platform and maybe 
you actually have something to say, but you've been trying to figure out how you could gain that platform. Let me tell you something. Jesus will give you the platform when you are ready. When you are ready to carry the weight of the glory that comes with the platform. Because you, people, too many have been crushed by the weight of the glory because their character could not handle that weight of the glory and they crushed underneath it. So I invite you to do something right now. If, if, if you just you just sense like there's been maybe maybe these things like like I have not been fully living a life of worship or I, I've been feeling this separation thing. I've been feeling like the enemy, that means the enemy's been putting things on you. They're not yours to carry. And the Lord's saying, if you come to me, I will exchange the yoke right now. I will exchange the yoke. So I'm going to invite you to come forward. I'm going to invite you to come forward because right now there is grace in this house. There is grace in this house to remove things that the, these gods put on you, that these things put on you to, the, to diminish your relationship, to diminish your worship, to diminish things, that your, your, the, 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 that sense of Christ in me is the hope of glory. Yeah. So I want you to just come forward and just fill this, this altar right now. If you are here and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, if you have never said, Lord, I want you to be the Lord of my life, I want you to forgive my sins. The Bible says that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It's appointed all men to die and then the judgment. But then he said also, but he, whoever believes in me, though he were dead, he shall live. If anyone who calls upon my name, they shall be saved. And if today you have never called on the name of Jesus for your salvation, to call on Jesus and say, I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. If that's you, I want you to come forward up here and I want you to, Tim, raise your hand and I want you to go to Tim and he will pray with you if that's you. And we're going to sing this song, Jesus. And as we do, we're just going to give him our worship. We're going to give him what's due to him. And I, I, I want the prayer team to come up. I want the, uh, the pa or pastors that are here to just come up and just begin to minister to people. The Spirit of the Lord is going to come upon you. He's going to give you fresh insight, fresh revelation, fresh understanding. There's going to be things taken off of you. So listen, we get stuff put on of us just because we walk in this world. Yeah. Just lift your hands as to receive. Right now the Lord releases grace grace for you to overcome the cosmic powers of this world that have bound man in traditions, beliefs and thoughts that remove the worship of our Lord Jesus Christ and the total surrender. I release right now to you the authority that Jesus gave you. A greater understanding that you walk in authority that you are called to tread on the works of darkness. You're called to tread on the works of darkness. So this week, by the name that is above every name, you will release people bound in sin. You will release people bound in sickness. You will release even people bound in by demons by the word of the Lord that proceeds out of your mouth. The declaration that says who he is and what he's done. And in him you stand. So may the God of our Lord Jesus Christ grant you the full revelation, the 
greater revelation of the knowledge of him in Christ Jesus. That you may walk as the full demonstration of who Jesus is. And disempower, displace all the works of the evil one. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for downloading from Father's House City Ministries, Portland, Oregon. Support for this podcast comes from your generous gifts and donations. You can find out more about Father's House City Ministries at www.fathershouseportland.org.